episode 1021 and it's the relevant podcast here in orlando i'm back i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from loverland virginia is jesse carey hello hello from austin texas author speaker podcaster jamie ivy hey guys and from nashville tennessee artist producer and mogul derek minor hello ski <laughs> well, hey, we, we just passed Thanksgiving. Uh, we are officially right. in the throes of Christmas. So that is why this entire episode, you guys will be hearing Christmas music and all the breaks. Uh, this is how we kick it off every year is uh, finally it's okay no. to listen to Christmas music. So we're going all in. And, uh, and actually, listeners, if you like the songs we're playing, we have some Christmas playlists over on Spotify. You can just search for Relevant Christmas. And uh, we have a few of them over there. So. Don't miss that, but it's good to be back with you guys. I missed you guys. I missed the last couple of shows because I was in Israel, so I'm excited to be back. And uh, also, don't do don't do great shows without me ever again, please. Well, I wasn't I wasn't here either, so I know people were holding down the fort without us. Yeah, well, I'm kind of confused. It, was it, Jason? Were there other shows recorded and released while Cameron was gone? Because <laughs> <laughs> because he cannot be talking about the ones we recorded and and released. <laughs> I literally, you know, Jesse, you know my policy. If I'm I not do. on the show, I don't want to listen to it because I don't want to know if it's way better without me or way worse oh. without me. Yeah, and um. But Derek, mm. Derek, like hit me up like twelve times about the shows you guys did that they were so great and so funny, top five ever, and just rubbed it in my face that you guys had the best <laughs> well, time without I, me and Jamie. So. I don't know. Gosh, I'm sad I missed it. I, I mean, I'll say this: things got deep. I mean, uh, passionate, uh, controversial. Yes. Mainly because we yes. were trying to rank casual dining places like Olive Garden and Red Lobster <laughs> to determine if they're actually yes. money laundering yes. schemes because we can't figure oh, out who's going yes. there anymore. <laughs> But yeah. uh, yes. it's the hard-hitting content people expect at the intersection of uh, faith and culture. So, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. you know, while you were in the Holy Land, uh, you know, re-examining the origins of our faith at the most sacred time of the year, we were trying to determine yeah. how sanitary, how unsanitary it is that people still throw peanuts on the ground at Texas Roadhouse. So we're both doing the Lord's yeah. work here. I really thought post-COVID, I thought post-COVID that they would end that practice, but nope. It's still going strong. No. Everybody just th- that, throw that their trash on the floor. why you go to Texas Roadhouse. It's the only place you're allowed yeah. to throw trash on the floor. Like, that. make no mistake. That's why if I go, that's the point. I don't really even care about the food as much as I well, care about the throwing the shells on the floor. it's the only place adults are allowed to throw trash on the floor. Because let's be honest. Our kids think every place <laughs> is a place to throw trash on the floor. But yeah, yeah, adults. Even even the house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a small right. act. Of, it's a small act of adult rebellion that just feels good. Here, right. you clean this right. up, and it's just some, <laughs> you know, poor yeah person on the wait staff who's got to sweep up a. It's like, it's like they're cleaning a, you know, a feed trough after, yeah, after dinner. <laughs> the other thing too, uh, it occurred to me, and I, I, I feel like we did almost two entire episodes about this, so I'm not going to belabor it. Um, but I was thinking about the whole casual <laughs> dining thing post pandemic. It's been really great to be back out in the world for a while now, going to restaurants and things. 
But aren't sneeze guards the mask of the restaurant world? Like, are mm. they doing anything? Like, it, it, you know, that little that little glass windshield over the buffet. I can stick my arm right in there and just scoop some macaroni. You're telling me that's keeping the germ? There's no way that's keeping germs out. It, it is. It is just peace of mind. It is a fabric mask. Do you put your hand under there and get macaroni? How do, How else do you get it? Yeah, going corral. Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. Jesse, okay. Jesse, if you're eating at a buffet, mm-hmm. the sneeze mm-hmm. guard is the last thing that you're worried about. Like, you have already thrown caution to the wind if you're eating at a buffet. Like, you've already thrown it to the wind. Like, Dude, I, I've told this story before, but I, I was at a Jason's Deli, which has a salad bar. Yeah. And we were all sitting there uh-huh. eating and, and looked at this lady who was doing a takeout canister on the salad bar. She was she worked her way down, uh-huh. filled it yeah. up to the brim, got to the pudding. And we sat there and watched her. She took the spoon, slopped some pudding on her on her plate, licked the ladle, no. licked the spoon, oh my put it back in the Come thing, on. more pudding, licked the ladle, Come on. put it back in the thing. Come on. Some old lady Come yelled on. out at her. Come like, on. what are you doing? And like, and the lady looked like, what? Like, I do this. I just want to taste the pudding. So like, gross. what in the world? Caution is to the wind. You are playing Russian roulette with yeah. your life. You playing with your, with your health. This summer like, when we were doing. on the cruise, some of our friends came to have breakfast. They sat down. They're like, you guys, you're not going to believe what just happened. We're like, what? Like, we're in the dining hall with 880 people. What could have happened? And they said they were getting some bacon and a woman's band-aid fell off her finger and landed in the bacon and she just walked off and left it there. Y'all, that is so gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out, time out. What? Because y'all know my thing about cruises what cruise line uh-huh. is this that was royal caribbean it does you know no so it doesn't even matter what cruise i'm not going cameron cameron i'm not no. going no. like no that's, royal that's, caribbean that's swiftly no royal caribbean <laughs> swiftly <laughs> went to that tray of bacon and removed it for the sanitary <laughs> being reason eight hundred thousand. i'm not going on another cruise dog <laughs> I, I have i have a hot hot take right now all right i think in that scenario the most ethical thing you can do is to leave the Band-Aid. And here's why, okay? Because if you take the Band-Aid, if you remove it from, because at, at that point, once the Band-Aid is removed from the finger and falls into the, the bin of bacon, the entire bin right. is contaminated. Right. I think we can right. all agree that's, on that. That's right? Even Not just the one it touched. Right. The entire bin is, is, is a biohazard. So. Yes. It's like a rat dropping. Sure. Yeah, the whole thing's gone. Yes. Not just what touched the rat yes. dropping. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Gotta if go. you pull the Band-Aid out, Okay, then, you know, there is some time that it's going to take you to go find an employee to let them know there's been a contamination. Okay, (laughs) someone could be taking the bacon there unless you have someone standing guard and saying there was this bacon's been contaminated. The Band-Aid's been removed. Then go get the employee. You you see what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. The most. Yeah, because and then if you tell the the, the employee could just remove the bake, Mm -hmm. remove the bandaid before Mm -hmm. word spread around the buffet. (laughs) A bandaid was in the the bacon. bacon. (laughs) Because if I'm because if they're you could have like a pretty laissez faire bacon attendant (laughs) who's just like, I will remove the bandaid and the pieces of bacon it touched. But other than that, it's fine. No, no. So what what I'm saying is ethically, you leave you leave the bandaid so everyone sees and the people are. This is what I'm saying. This is what I am saying. This is what I am saying. This is the only thing I'm asking. If I go on a cruise, Mm -hmm. is the only thing I can eat is a buffet? Or no, is it still? No, there's there's, 
There's Dude. restaurants that cost money, though. No, 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 no. But there's a ton of restaurants that don't. There's the main food, the main banquet hall where they have a menu that you choose from and stuff. And that's included. That's true. They have a million options that are or, service oriented, non buffet. If you stay in a suite, you get to go to the special restaurant. Okay. Right. And if you want, right, just right, walk right. up to the omelet bar. They'll make it in front of you and hand it to you. I mean, you don't have to like be out there with the commoners. You know, there's a plenty of <laughs> hey, options. Hey, y'all know I'm black and bougie. Like <laughs> Amigo said, it was bad and bougie. Can we just acknowledge that Jamie's experience was in the suite? Just FYI. I'm just saying. It was in the suite, suite. You're going to go. You're going to go. Like why? I'm not staying in a room without a window where I feel like I'm in a, a box. Yeah, no, so, no, no. Yeah. No, I had a balcony. I just didn't have the suite. Jamie. So you got to go to the special place and they had Band-Aid bacon at the special restaurant? No, that was it. That was with the commoners. That oh, was with okay. the commoners. With the peasants. All right, well, I'm not going to- Put me, I'm put not me gonna, deep yeah. in the hole with the working man. No, I can't be with the peasants. <laughs> I want to be I want to be down by the boiler room with the working man, okay? I want to hear the real stories. Of the <laughs> I want to be like an old pirate. Speaking of like, like germs and stuff, and I know we have an amazing show to get to. We've had a bunch of birthdays this past month and it, I, I thought came to me that we're still gathering with strangers around a birthday cake and letting them blow all their germs on the cake. And then we're like, pass me a piece. I'd love to have some of your germs. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I thought, <laughs> I I thought it would end after COVID have too. Have not done that since, have not done it since 2015. Oh, we did just oh, the other day. I don't eat birthday cake. <laughs> I will serve it because my kids don't care. But I do not eat birthday cake because... Listen, it's a weird thing. I've seen some things. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's a weird I've thing. I've seen some things and yeah. I'm not good. I'm going to tell you what my wife did. She's so germaphobic. She put one little whack little candle on my son's birthday cake and then she's going to put a plate behind the candle. <laughs> so when he blow, it try to catch some of the spit, but it's still, you know, it's just it's on the cake, y'all. Can't tell it's that. what it is. Birthday cake. Is is a COVID hat? Matter of fact, that's where COVID started. Um, they say Ooh, it was birthdays. something in China. I believe it was birthdays. I ain't gonna hold you, guys. It was eight year old. I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let COVID steal my joy. I, I'm I'm welcoming. I'm I'm letting everybody get a blow on that cake. I'm, I'm strengthening the immune system. I don't I don't care. I don't you know I. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> anything goes. Anything. <laughs> anything goes on your birthday cakes. You don't care what's on top. You're just gonna enjoy it. I don't I don't care. Hey, I'm just, guys, I'm just saying, look, it's 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 a wild world out there. You I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I, I'm I'm over the pandemic, you know. Like I'm not going to let it ruin all the birthday this fun. This is like an after hours conversation. This is wrong. Yes, this is wrong. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm just trying to celebrate so a few today, despite this inauspicious start. Uh, In the name of Jesus, we go move on. <laughs> just want to celebrate. Drew Holcomb joins us later. Uh, you don't want to miss that. Also, we have your feedback at the end of the show, and uh, stay tuned right now. Downtown Emily Brown joins us for Relevant Buzz. Shake, 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 shake
You're listening to Sugar in the High Lows. The song is Shake That Gift. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the show our very own editor downtown, Emily Brown, telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Emily. Hey, y'all. Are you home for the holidays right now? Um, I am. I'm uh, staying at my aunt's house. She's visiting her kids. And so my parents are in the process of moving. So they're in a small apartment. So I have a nice house to myself this week. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's lovely. Um, It is fun. My aunt, I love her, but she does have the home decor of a Southern Christian woman. So um, it's been interesting vibes in the house. What does that mean? What do you mean? Like bless this house type, like, like Hobby Lobby signs? Like what are you talking about? Like every corner, there's a new cross. Um, Lots of (laughs) like, you don't have to read your Bible because it's just on the walls. Yeah, right. there's like yeah. scripture on mirrors. Um, she does Good she for did her. put out Good some for her. Thanksgiving decor. So there's a sign that says gobble till you wobble. That one's fun. <laughs> Good. Good. I like her already. I'm Let me ask you this, Emily. I'm gonna ask about a couple. I'm gonna ask about a couple items. Okay. Gobble okay. till you wobble. Real talk, and I'm not throwing your aunt on the bus, but I know I know this this type of, of decorator. Mm-hmm. Is there in probably the guest bathroom, but it could be an any. A little basket beside the toilet with books, and one of those books is The Prayer of Jabez. Yes or no? (laughs) I don't think it's in the bathroom, but I do think it's in the living room. No! Okay, okay. That's a bathroom book. So she got all this stuff. She got all this stuff from Hobby Lobby, right? Oh, easily. 100%. Yeah. Or or okay. Mardell's Christian Bookstore. Well, or well listen, I'm going to tell you this. If she got it from Hobby Lobby, you probably need to do some exploring because she may have an artifact in there that's worth millions of dollars. So <laughs> an, ar- just, an artificial just, artifact, a replica. Yeah. Nah. Is this the Dead Sea Scrolls? <laughs> How many people right. over the course of the years have learned about expanding their territory because they just got it, you know, ate something <laughs> bad and we really had some time to kill? And <laughs> they had a good twelve minute reading. <laughs> We're just exploring the reading the material. Yeah, like that is true. That's a good thought. I'm, I'm claiming that territory. Um, how many? How many little shelves with precious moments? Can we ask that real quick? Um, precious moments. I think shelves? those are just on the mantel place above the fire. Yeah. Oh, she's got them in the prime position. <laughs> yeah. Wow. you got to wait. Those. Are there scenes? Are there Ooh. scenes being played out, or are they just random statues? I'd have to go check. I think there's like there's just multiple little. Does things. your aunt I listen to, really the, to, to the relevant podcasts? She's gonna think no, you're throwing her under the she? bus. She's not okay. a target. I don't know if she knows what a podcast is. You yeah, said she, she don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> she's like Emily. What do you do for a job? <laughs> I'm on the radio. I'm on the radio, Nancy. Are there any blankets in the house? Are there any blankets in the house that have hand-woven Bible verses or scripture references? 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's a quilter. So I I come from a family (laughs) of quilters. I do know how to quilt, actually. It's a hidden talent of mine. Preach the gospel at all the times when necessary. Use a hand-stitched quilt Mm -hmm. with extended Bible verses. Got it. Yeah. The best is like just the random verses. How many Kincaid's? 
are in the house. Thomas Kincaid paintings, painter of light. Give us a give, give us a Kincaid to non Kincaid art ratio <laughs> for the home. I don't think she has one? a Kincaid. Actually, I mean they are a little pricey. I mean they don't sell them at Hobby Lobby. But I am looking at a picture of like literally right here is a picture of some fruit with the fruit of the spirit verse underneath it. Mm. Oh yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. Mm. I yeah. like that. Good reminder. For sure. <laughs> so, all right. What's happening this What's happening this week, Emily? Um, okay. Yes. Not talking about my aunt anymore. Um, okay. This is actually sort of like a developing story, but I think it's a really important one to talk about. I Maybe by the time this comes out, some more things will happen. But for right now, um, Leticia Wright, who is the star of the new Black Panther film. Hopefully you've seen it. It's really great. Um, she has been getting a lot of buzz for a potential win at the Oscars just for her role as Shuri in Wakanda Forever. Um, but recently, an article came out about titled How Personal Baggage Will Impact Oscar Chances. And it listed a lot of different people in the industry who have had various sort of scandals, mostly accusations of abuse and sexual misconduct. Um, so there's people like Brad Pitt, Woody Allen, um, Roman Polanski. And then Letitia Wright was also named because two years ago she made some pretty controversial comments about anti-vax um, fake news. Um, and she called out the Hollywood Reporter because she apologized when that happened and she addressed it, has stayed silent since then, moved on. And yet they are still there's still people in the media that are bringing it up and trying to sort of paint her in this way. And she called them out and said that kind of like the Chris Pratt stuff. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And she just called them out and was like, yeah. that's not right. Like I've apologized. A lot of the other people on the list have barely acknowledged it and definitely not apologized. And so um, it's an interesting, you know, part of cancel culture where, you know, people tried to cancel her, but she did, I, I would say the right thing. And she addressed it, apologized and tried to move on. But there is something about our culture that just keeps bringing this back up. Um, and so I just think it's interesting that um, she decided not to stay silent about it. I don't think she needed to stay silent. I think she, it was good that she spoke up about it. I agree. Yeah, it's tough to argue with the internet. Like when Chris Pratt got labeled, he just kind of like went away and let the narrative balloon. And and now he's finally years later saying, yeah, that what you know, like it's just tough. Like if you if you act defensive, then they pounce even harder. So the natural inclination yep. is to just like take it. But then the narrative kind of like solidifies. And so it's like, I'm glad she's pushing back and saying like, let me be me. Don't label me, you know? So good for her. Yeah. And especially for, look, I mean, <laughs> you know, she's, she's an actress. It's not like she's running for political office here. Like she's, she's entitled to have opinions about, you know, just like anyone, I, I guarantee you her opinions, even though they're probably unpopular among some segments, are the same type of opinions expressed during, you know, any sort of kind of political or social commentary. You're going to get ideas on kind of all sides of the spectrum. But, but just because someone happens to be in movies, I think they should be extended some degree of ideological grace, especially if especially if you're not saying anything like hateful or harmful. It's like, come on, they, you know, we can't expect every some every person who's labeled a celebrity to fall in perfect ideological alignment with whatever happens to be kind of the the most accepted viewpoint on every issue. It's like, come on, you know, let's not take away like the, the fact that she had an opinion at one point that some people maybe maybe find unpopular. Um, 
doesn't how does how does that make any difference whether she be should be awarded for a performance in a film that has nothing to do with that right. you know like it, it's like you know not ev- n- no other field does that really kind of apply mm-hmm. you know like if i was up for you know, like if the, hey, the small business of the year award was going to my local mechanic, but it's like, oh, but did you know at one time he questioned whether he should get a booster or not? It's like, give me a break. What does that have to do with him exactly. you know, winning the small business mm-hmm. award? You know, like I think, you know, let's have a little more grace with with people, you know? Yeah, you know? I think this is the problem with the capitalism of of media, too, like in a sense, because these guys are just looking for clicks. Like, why would you bring something up? Like, I'm, I don't know if it's I'm not saying it's a problem because hey, I, I obviously I'm a capitalist. I'm a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever. But it's like that's the problem with media in general. As of right now, it's like you have to have so much content that even if there's not any real controversy, you kind of have to drum it up for some people. Not the relevant because relevant. We you know, what I'm saying that's not what we do here. Just letting <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, that. You know what yeah, I'm saying? We try to stay above. Yeah, unless board. you drop a band aid in the bacon bin, then we're gonna have. <laughs> then we're going know, all in. Do the ethical thing and just leave the band. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, We've it's two that. years ago. All mm-hmm. of us were confused during COVID, and there were so many different narratives. Mm-hmm. But the 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 woman apologized, said she was sorry, did what she needed to do. She actually got vaccinated and delivered an amazing performance. So why in the world? would we even make something like that be in jeopardy over a person that just was like, yo, I'm confused. I don't necessarily know what's going on. I think this, these ideas might make a little sense. I'm exploring that. I think we have to just as humans have to start giving each other a chance to be able to think and evolve and grow and not do it in such a way that is so devastating like yeah you say something evil something racist something sexist or misogynistic say something that would you know what i'm saying would hurt someone then yeah i could i could understand that but someone trying to figure out what to do with a vaccination for their body they shouldn't be scrutinized especially when they say okay yeah maybe just what i posted may not have been you know uh may not have been a good opinion so i'm taking that back and i'm correcting course like that's all we can ask from people we're all human nobody's perfect and i think um you know, she even pointed that out that, you know, it was not fair for her anti-vax comment to be placed on the same level as someone who has these very mm-hmm. abusive allegations against exactly. them. Because um, like you said, you know, it's, you know, the, an anti-vax comment, that's really, if you're anti-vax, that's really only affecting yeah. you, you know, to an extent. Um, whereas like an mm. abuse allegation, you've hurt someone else. And so it's like you need to be like held I don't know. It's she she pointed it out and just said like you know this is really she was very I would say rightfully harsh with um, the Hollywood Reporter just saying this is very vile and very disgusting and you could just tell she was upset too because clearly you know Wakanda Forever was such an important film for her um, it, it meant so much to be able to do that uh, kind of in memory of Chadwick Boseman and so then for people to be bringing up these comments she made she's also very young I do want to clarify that too you know she was. She was probably early 20s when mm. she said exactly. those comments. The amount of things I said in my early 20s, yeah. we don't need to talk about that on the internet. So Facts. It, she deserves a lot of grace and a lot of forgiveness. And I think it is important that, um, you know, if someone apologizes and tries to correct things, we have Emily, to... Emily, I screenshot our, our staff chat because what you say sometimes is egregious. 
So, yeah, he's yeah. been texting mm. a lot of it to me. I, for, I have a special you know, file that I can of... have backed this up. <laughs> yeah, and it's shocking. But Emily, you said you made a great point, but I do want to clarify. You did say in passing that people who are anti-vax are only hurting themselves. I have a friend who's anti-vax and then spread COVID to 73 people. So, um, it, that you know, that's, that's a touchy thing to, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, you can anyway. spread COVID with the vaccination. So you can't do no, let's not do that one. Come on. I, 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 all I'm saying is going. like, I just wanted to, I don't want to, I, I didn't want going. that <laughs> statement in passing to inflame any listeners. I was just saying, I do want to acknowledge that, there's no yes. right or wrong there. It's all a risk. Okay. Yeah. I w- I w- yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's risk across the board. I, I'm the only like, one I here who has had COVID. So time, y'all, you've never I'm the had expert. COVID. I haven't had COVID. It's awesome. Never had it. It traveled internationally. It just means you're lucky and you're uh, introverted. No, That's I was driving means. to work this morning, <laughs> listening to the daily, and they were talking about all the flu and everything that's going around. And then I was thinking to myself, yeah. Do I know anyone that hasn't had COVID? And now I know, Cameron. I also have not had what? COVID. What? Either has Jason awesome. or Emily? Wow. wow, I've had it twice. That is awesome. Emily, how many kids you got? Zero. Jason? Zero. There we go. All right. Dude, Cameron, no, Cohen has never had it. Different. Cohen's you never had it. Because Cohen, look, Cohen, Cohen, Cohen is one of the coolest, cleanest kids I've ever seen. So <laughs> we're going to just, we're, he's an anomaly. <laughs> like, like I, I, I go to, I go to uh, Wait, Cameron's t- house t- and I'm like, you see Cohen's room and like every freaking action figure is in a perfect place. And he has like these Lego things that he builds and he's just, so Cohen's not even a kid. He's 36 years old. So, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you this, he's neater than me and I'm 39 and I regularly stick my head under the sneeze guard at the right. just to get in the full <laughs> well, you got eat. Nolan and Zane Perfect. at the house who, you know, I mean, if something's gooey, your boys are going to stick their fingers in it. Stick their finger in it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just Uh, those guys, right? It's like, hey, Dad, I found this thing. What is it? I have no clue. Oh, this is COVID in gelatin form. Okay, got it. It it tastes tastes like a gummy worm, Dad. You should try it. You know what I mean? Like this is literally a petri dish with the live virus. You know what I'm saying? Like one taste. So look, one taste. What we see is unless you have a kid that's 36 in a a 13 year old. Or you don't have no kids, then you're not gonna get COVID. That's that's pretty much what it is. You know so. what? I totally am like I totally am a dork because there's six people in my family. I've had COVID twice, but I have one kid who's never had it. Mm. We all had it, and one kid that never has. Mm. They there's studies coming He's out like now about human. these people who just have this like immunity to immunity. it naturally, uh-huh. and they're studying. Yep, yep. They're studying them. Like, what is it that their bodies did differently? You know, so they're gonna survive uh, the zombie apocalypse. That's you what it is. You can give your body to science, Cameron. Hey, I will keep this podcast going through the po- the zombie apocalypse. You guys can count on me. We're just gonna power <laughs> through it. But 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 the other thing too, to to your point, Emily, and to Derek, what you're saying, there, there is like a hard line where where when you're saying something legitimately, you know, that that's hateful or or you know all those categories that Derek mentioned. But sometimes it's just like, look, I am just tired. I, it's just exhausting to be constantly worried about what I got to be outraged about, uh, uh, you know, man. who I got to be outraged at. And it's like, look, man, people, I, I'm living my life. You guys are living your life. Yeah. Like, let's just, let's have a little bit of grace here and not have to police everything everybody's ever said. Yeah. 
just to manufacture some sort of controversy. Like, come on now. Like, because you you, you don't want to live your, no one wants to live their life like that. You know, like, and I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about celebrities. I'm talking about personal relationships too, family and friends. Thanks. Yeah. I think culture is having outrage fatigue right now. It was an intense couple of years. People mm -hmm. are ready to just, can we celebrate mm -hmm. the holidays? Can we just not make everything, you know, we're all angry about everything all the time. And, you know, the yeah. pendulum swing where there's a balance in the middle. Good. But, I hope we stay fatigued. You know, yeah. Yeah. All right. What else do you have, Emily? Um, I do want to talk about um a new study that came out from Pew Research. They pulled together this comprehensive report on religious Americans' opinions on the intersection of faith and the environment in the US. And there are just two very interesting statistics that I want to talk about. Um so people who identified as highly religious Americans, 92% said that they completely or mostly agree that God gave humans a duty to protect and care for the earth. 92%. That's a right. huge number. On the other side, 42% agreed that climate change is a serious problem. So I would like to know, why do we think that we need to take care of the earth, but we don't agree that there is like any issues going mm. on. Um, I can tell you from dinner, uh, holiday conversations with my extended Fox News watching family <laughs> that <laughs> they, they do love God's earth, but they will cite the fact that there was an ice age and there was a this and like weather pattern reporting has only been a hundred years and we don't know if this is actually a natural up and down or whatever. They just refuse to acknowledge the Al Gore scenario that our industrial revolution and carbon emissions is changing the atmosphere. They, they're like, we don't know what happened for millennia before we started tracking the weather. And so they just don't take it seriously. That's the difference. They aren't saying that it's not hot and that's not a bad tsunami and that's not a bad hurricane. They're saying, you know, it's a seesaw. The earth has always done this and it'll course correct like it always has. That's what they say. So. Do they believe that we had semi trucks and factories during the ice age? <laughs> they say there's other sources <laughs> of methane. There's other things. The earth always adapts. The earth always heals itself. And yeah, it's going to adapt what they by say. killing the humans. That's what it's going to do. Like it killed off the dinosaurs. I'm going, <laughs> you're talking you want <laughs> extinction? Like, it's this adapt. isn't a good point of reference. Yeah, I know. Hey. But they don't hear it, man. Yeah. It's I think, too, it's hard for people because it it's not right now. It's not here and now. Yeah. And so today, we're fine. Tomorrow, we'll be fine. Probably in our lifetime, we'll be fine. But then you're talking mm. two generations, you know, yeah, it's and then faster than it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it's still like it doesn't feel, I don't know, maybe just for me, it doesn't feel urgent. Like nothing is new in my world today that wasn't here yesterday as far as climate. Now I can see it and I have a brain and all the things, but I think that too is like, you're asking people to really, really care about something that is going to affect their grandkids. And I think that's hard for people. Well, the, the, the irony of it is like, I grew up, I, you know, I can't speak for everyone here, but I grew up in an evangelical culture that really embraced like what they called Pascal's wager, which is, well, you might as well you know, say the sinner's prayer, because what if you're wrong? What, what the stakes are eternal, yeah, which is a terrible, terrible uh, reason for, <laughs> you know, dedicating your life in service of, of the gospel of, hey, ju you know, this, this just in case get out of jail free card. But the, the same logic applies, like the stakes of not doing anything are the destruction of humanity and an uninhabitable earth, right? Like, 
And, and, but like, hell, I did this. If we just collectively all kind of clean up our consumption habits, what's the downside? You know what I mean? Like, to to me, it just seems like even if, even if you are skeptical of, you know, what is largely considered the scientific consensus, what's the downside of, of just trying to, you know, like I said, to have cleaner consumption and not being reliant on a finite resource like fossil fuels. Like to me, that seems like, are, are, do you just want to pollute the air out of political principle now? You know what I mean? Like sometimes to me, yeah. it's like, it makes no sense. Yeah. All right. But, what else do you have, Emily? Um, last thing I want to talk about is um, there was a box office number that came in last week for the previous weekend that was really interesting and we really want to highlight it. Uh, the Chosen, which is a series about uh, Jesus and the life of his disciples. Um, it's a television series. They did a special theatrical release of their season three premiere. Um, the first two episodes, you could go see them in theaters. And it did incredibly well at the box office. Um, it pulled in a little over $8 million dollars. Um, which is wow. very impressive. Um, it wasn't yeah. at every theater, but I believe it was, I think it was around like 2000 theaters across the country. Um, but still it pulled in that much money and it was the second highest grossing new movie for the weekend. So right. there was one movie called the menu that beat it out. Um, it pulled in $9 million. So it was very close that it was almost the number one new movie for the weekend. Um, and it did beat out other new movies. So it's just really impressive that this, special event of a faith television series that's actually not even on a major streaming channel you can only watch it on the angel studios app which is no, the, no. Um, and apple tv it. and roku uh they I were think it's on to... amazon now yeah and amazon yeah yeah oh, How is it? Amazon? you yeah. can watch on amazon now yeah. oh, okay mm-hmm. um but it's free everywhere it's available for free never under never underestimate the power of Emily's uh, aunt and her church friends buying a whole bunch of tickets to go out and make a statement at the theater. <laughs> oh, I'm almost positive she went and saw it. Absolutely. I wanted to go see it. I just couldn't fit it in, but I really wanted to go see it. And this, I'm really excited for them. This yeah. makes me feel like proud of mm-hmm. this whole thing that they're doing over there at The Chosen. It's great. The Chosen yeah, is very well done. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Emily. Very well done. There's a lot mm-hmm. more that's happening at the intersection of faith, culture, justice, life. We're covering it every day at relevantmagazine.com. Make it part of your web browsing habit. All right. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, guys. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Drew Holcomb joins us. Slide up in the room like I was Santa. What? My bad, just is you, my country grandma. Brother pulled up in the charger, but he drive it like a phantom. Rifle on my bag and inside I got the cannon, but not that type of cannon. Christmas in the sticks with all my folks. Gather around the fire cause it's cold. Cold, cold, cold. Grandma making magic on the stove. Celebrate the lamp to heat a gold. Yeah, Billy. Christmas in the sticks with Look. all my folks. Christmas Eve and I'm trying to get the treat lit. Trying to sleep, but the devil trying to sneak this. Told my baby that I need that and I need this. You're listening to No Big Deal. The song is Christmas in the Sticks. Well, today's guest is Drew Holcomb. His band, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, have just dropped some new music, including a single about gratitude. How fitting, considering Thanksgiving was last week. He sat down with Emily to share what he's been up to since we last caught up with him and why it's important to focus on expressing gratitude to others now instead of later. Here's our conversation with Drew Holcomb. Well, 
I am really glad to speak with you um, about your new song, Gratitude. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful you. song, by the way. Thank um, you very much. I would love to know what was the story or inspiration behind it? Yeah. Um, so I wrote the song with my friend Catch Secor from Old Crow Medicine Show. And we, it was right around this time last year, or maybe the week before Thanksgiving week. And we saw each other in line, dropping our kids off at school and said, let's, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to write a song? You know, it's like, it's kind of how Nashville works sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I, I keep a journal of uh, sort of key words or phrases of things that I wanted to write about. And for me, gratitude in general has been sort of a working state of mind um, that I adopted in 2017. I came out of a really bad hospitalization that set me back in terms of just my point of view and um, 2017, that was Christmas of 2016. And so coming out of it 2017, I just had a really hard, hard year. And I was on the road and I had um, first time I ever had a panic attack and which was strange for me because I'm usually a pretty like well ordered individual. Um, Anyways, gratitude was like the way I sort of fought through that. I literally had to wake up every day and sort of meditate, pray, list through every, however people want to use that terminology, but the things I was grateful for, you know? And um, so I was telling Catch a little bit about that backstory and because gratitude was a word that I had on this journal that we were looking for like song ideas. And he's like, man, I just love that. Let's write a song called Gratitude. So uh, we started with the chorus and had this big sort of, you know, beautiful melodramatic course, and then built the verses about sort of these little photographic, um, I don't know, visions, you know, light in the morning, coffee in my cup, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, and then the pre-course was sort of meant to bring some uh, sort of a sea change to that. Like, you know, these things aren't a given, uh, just a reminder that things can be taken away. And there's that line too in the second verse, all that gets taken and all that remains. Just wanting to like be honest about the fact that some of the things that you can be really grateful for can also be taken away from you. And um, sometimes it makes them even more meaningful um, when they're gone. But yeah, that's sort of where the song came from. And I immediately started playing it out and uh, got just a great response. I think vocally it's a new spot, spot for me to sort of I've never, I didn't really think of myself as a singer until probably seven or eight years ago, even though I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And I really leaned into getting better at, sing, at becoming a singer, not just a songwriter. And really love where the song sort of allowed me to challenge myself and sort of, you know, go to, go to some places that I would have been afraid to go to earlier. Family. Singing in the kitchen. Family. Running through the yard. Family. Going on vacation. What are the ways that you practice gratitude daily now? Uh, deep breaths. Uh, try to go on a daily walk of some sort. Try to, when, when, when my day gets chaotic or when curveballs come, try to have a little bit of humor at it instead of being overwhelmed. You know, because life is busy and there's deadlines and there's financial stress and um, I have three children, so there's always like there's always curveballs, and so I just try to like learning to to laugh, <laughs> you know, in the midst of them. That helps me find gratitude. Um, and then I think just people in general, 
surrounding myself with people that that I love and that um, bring out the best in myself, and hopefully I bring out the best in them. I think those are sort of active ways that I try to practice gratitude. Take a few chances, a few worthy romances. Go swimming in the ocean on New Year's Day. Don't listen to the critics. Stand up and back. How do you feel like you have changed over the course of your career? Like since you're beginning to where you are now? Um, wow, so much has changed. Uh, I mean like the earlier when i first started out i was i had this sort of stern memphis style contrarianism of like i'm not gonna be like anybody else i'm gonna do my own thing and um i don't want to sound like anybody else and nashville's terrible and i don't want to move there and um uh, and there was also that attitude in the studio was like hey you know whatever it was is what it is and now i realize like well I actually can work on it and make it better you know, there's a reason they call it, it, it practice. You know, it's like you want to get better at something. And so I think I've just, and then my songwriting is just eight. I mean, as, I, as you get older, your perspective changes. I feel like that's sort of the older you get, the less you know. Um, and I love that. I feel more at peace with myself and the world than I ever did as a 24 year old. Now, if, if I had had that perspective as a 24 year old, I may not have had the ambition and the gumption to give this thing a try. So I'm grateful for all of those seasons because they're all so they're all different. And so, you know, I'm I'm kind of um, uh, all of that change and evolution over 20 years of making music is I'm grateful for it because uh, it, it I, I wouldn't you wouldn't have one without the other. I think is sort of what I'm what I'm getting at. But um, and then the practice, so many practical changes. I mean, when I started, it was, it was still the CD era. You know, the when I didn't. It was Napster had just started, you know, so mm. um, went through the transition from the CD era to the download era, from the download era to the streaming era, era and then the middle of this, the vinyl sort of resurgence and just the way that people consume music has changed so much over my career. But at the end of the day, people still come back to songs and well-executed recordings of good songs can, you know, um, stand the test of time and stand the test of sort of cons consumption changes in the in, in, in the sort of marketplace. But uh, at, the, at its core, I think the main thing that hasn't changed for me is the love of the song. Mm. And that'll always be my sort of creative guiding force is trying to write great songs that move people and, and help people make sense of their uh, of their of their days. And um, yeah, that's what music always was for me, and that's what I want it to continue to be as I continue to make it. That was Drew Holcomb. Make sure to check out their new music wherever you stream. It's a marshmallow world in the winter when the snow comes to cover the ground It's the time for play It's a whipping day I wait for it all year round Those marshmallow clouds being friendly In the arms of the evergreen trees And the sun is red Like a
You're listening to The Lone Bellow. The song is Marshmallow World. Now, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but all of these songs are part of the Very Relevant Christmas playlist on Spotify. We do a different kind of thing every year, and this year, we went all out. The Very Relevant Christmas playlist is 325 hand-selected songs, indie artists, Christian artists, some, uh, some R&B. It's amazing stuff. No Mariah Carey and none of the classics. Now, hey, time and place for classics. I love me the classics. I love me the Frank Sinatra's and stuff like that. But this playlist is stuff that's you probably haven't heard. It's a great shuffle to just put on in the background or put on while you're driving around this holiday season. A very relevant Christmas on Spotify. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st. And this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Well, normally right now, uh, we would have your feedback, but because we're recording this podcast right before Thanksgiving, we're a little short on time, so we're just going to have to cut it. If you want to check out all the answers to last week's question of the week, which was, um, if you could see Netflix give $100 million to any project, what would it be and why? There were a lot of replies. Just look at all the mentions over at the relevant podcast Twitter account. Um, couple updates. Make sure you head over to relevantmagazine.com every day to check out all of our exciting new content. We're publishing 10 to 15 items a day covering the intersection of faith, life, culture, and justice. Uh, you can also click on the magazine tab right there at the site to see our fall digital issue featuring conversations with Dayglow, Regina Hall, and T. Wright, MIA, and many more. Um, also, follow us over on Instagram, or at Relevant Magazine, Twitter, or at Relevant, and Facebook, Relevant, uh, to make sure you don't miss out on anything we're putting out. We're doing a lot. Also, hey, if you're still listening, you might like the show. If you like the show, tell people about it. Uh, share the content. We'll be putting video clips up on IG uh, and on Reels and on TikTok and stuff. Uh, we're kicking that up here uh, next week, I think. And uh, if you share it on your stories and rate it and review it wherever you listen, um, it helps the algorithm and we love seeing the feedback. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Martin. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I want to be down by the boiler room with the working man, okay?
Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.